0: With Facebook. Are you sure you're doing okay? Yeah. Alright, well, let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get into the Word of God. Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for your holy Word that'll go forth and it'll be a blessing to those enlighten us with it. And it'll be a blessing to those that'll hear it, believe it, receive it, and act upon it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's go to Leviticus, the 17th chapter. Genesis Exodus and then Leviticus you can turn there what I want to talk to you today about for just a few moments is three great words three great words three of the greatest words in the Bible three of the greatest words you'll ever hear anything about atonement remission and forgiveness atonement remission and forgiveness now. The greatest word for Israel under the Old Testament was atonement. The greatest word for the sinner today is remission. And the greatest word for Christians, born again believers, is forgiveness. Now, certainly there are similarities between these words. And if you were to look them up in dictionaries, you would find that most dictionaries You know, we'll define them much the same, which is okay. But when they are looked at more closely, there are some significant differences that you need to be aware of. First of all, let's look at the word atonement, the greatest word for Israel in the Old Testament. Now, in Leviticus 17, verse 11, Leviticus 17, verse 11, the Bible says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement. Notice that word atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Now, the word atonement actually means this. If you're taking notes, you ought to write this down to cover over to cover over. You see, in the Old Testament, God used the blood of animals to atone Are cover over the sins of the people. And actually you can see this as far back as the book of Genesis. Right after Adam and Eve sinned. Remember they made themselves fig leaves to cover their bodies you know. And God said that's not acceptable. And he brought brought them animal skins. Remember that? And in order to get the animal skins there had to be of course a shedding of blood. And God used the shedding of blood. He used the blood to cover people's sins are to atone for people's sins in the Old Testament. And then actually when you come on down to the time of Moses and, and, and in that time period we had what was known as the Day of Atonement. And that was the day when the high priest entered the Holy of Holies, you know, in the tabernacle. That uh see that tabernacle that, that God had Moses built, that was the earthly tabernacle and it was patterned after patterned after the one in heaven. There's actually a tabernacle up in heaven and uh, but on the day of atonement, the high priest would enter into the holy of holies in that tabernacle. He only went in there once a year and he went in with the blood of animals to obtain atonement for the people. And he had to, had to do that every year, you see. And, uh, you know, what a great blessing it was to the people in the Old Testament to have their sins atoned or covered over. Uh, but you know, when something's covered, guess what? It can be what? It can be uncovered. You know, uh, my wife and I, we've lived in the same house now for about nine years and recently we had had it painted the main level And I know in the bathroom, you know, there were some areas where, you know, when I brush my teeth, you know, you'll, you'll, you go for the towel or whatever, you get some stuff up on the wall. Has anybody ever done that besides me? And it was just looking horrible. And you wash it the best you can, but you can't, you can't get the stains of spots off. So we had it painted and now it looks just beautiful. But guess what? Those spots, they're still there. They're just what? They've been covered over, but they're still there. Now, if you came in there, you wouldn't know they was there. I know they're there, but they don't bother me. Why? Because they're they're covered. But if something's covered, it can be uncovered. You see, it's still there. You just can't see it. Notice in Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, gives us some insight into this. Hebrews, the 10th chapter in the first verse, says, For the law, it's talking back there in the time of Moses, Having a shadow of good things to come. A shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with these sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. Why is that? Because see the blood of the animals. All it did was cover the sins year by year and it can never make those who approach perfect. Verse two for then. Would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. You see, like that that example I just gave you a moment ago. I realize when I go in my bathroom, there are spots in there. But they're covered over. But I'm still aware that they're there. But they're covered over. See, that was the same thing that happened to the people in the Old Covenant. They would come... And the blood of the animals, you know, would cover their sins. But they still had a consciousness of them, of their sins. And then in verse three, but in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. Now watch verse four, for it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats can take away sins You need to understand that. It's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats can take away sins. See, the blood of the animals couldn't take sins away. What did the blood do? It just covered them. And then notice verse 11. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never what? See, the blood of the animals could never take away sins. They could just cover the sins Year by year. And that brings us to our second great word. Which is a greater word than atonement. It's the word remission. And it's the greatest word in the Bible for sinners. The word remission. Now, the word atonement to cover over. The word remission means a complete dismissal or removal. A complete dismissal or. Our removal specifically of debt due as a result of sin. Now this is shouting ground here for every one of us. Glory to God. Because we are all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Is that right? And you see the blood of the animals in the Old Testament covered sin. But you see we're going to find out that the blood of Jesus doesn't cover sin It remits it. It removes it. A complete dismissal or removal. Can you say amen to that? One of the greatest, if not the greatest word in the Bible. Notice in Matthew 26, verse 28, Jesus speaking, the Lord himself, and he says, for this is my blood, notice his blood now, we're not talking about the blood of bulls and goats and so on. And lambs, you know, of the Old Testament. We're talking about the Lamb of God here. Remember when John the Baptist saw him walking the shores of Galilee. He said, Behold the Lamb of God. Looking at Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God which takes away. Real loud say, takes away. Which takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus says here, Matthew twenty-six, twenty-eight: For this is my blood of the new covenant. Not the old. See, in the old covenant they had the, the blood of the animals. Which was a was a type and a foreshadowing of the blood of Jesus. But again, the blood of the animals could just cover the blood of Jesus. Remits or removes sin. Notice, he says, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many, for the what? For the what? For the remission of sins. What does it mean, remission? What does it mean to remit? Complete dismissal or removal? Glory to God. Now, notice in Luke 24, verse 46... And while you're turning there, I want to tell you that if it wasn't for this word right here, all of us would be going to hell. Do you understand that? But thank God for the word remission. Glory to God. Thank God for it. It'll keep us out of hell and put us in heaven. Glory to God. Luke twenty four forty six. Then he said to them, Jesus speaking again. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and what? Remission. remission of sins. What does that word remission mean? It means complete dismissal, complete removal. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name, in the name of Jesus, notice to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So you see, the blood of Jesus technically does not atone for sin. It remits it. Now, if you really understand those words, you'll see the blood of the bulls and the goats atoned for sin, covered sin. But the blood of Jesus doesn't atone. The blood of Jesus remits. Realize say remits. Believe me, remitting is a whole lot better deal than atoning. Now, notice if you would, Hebrews 9, verse 12. Notice this. Hebrews 9, verse 12. Not with the blood of goats and calves, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. This is talking about Jesus after he was raised from the dead. Remember, After he came out of the tomb, you know, in the process of time, Mary came to him, Mary Magdalene, and she was going to, you know, grab a hold of him and so on and so forth. How many remembers that? And he said, don't touch me for I have not yet ascended to my father. Remember that? Well, after he was raised from the dead, he ascended into heaven and he went in. Jesus went in just like those the high priest here on the earth back in the time of Moses would go into that earthly holy of holies. Well, Jesus, after he was raised from the dead, went in. See, most people don't realize this because it doesn't ever hardly ever get taught. But we need to talk about it because the Bible talks about it. Jesus ascended into heaven with his own blood. Notice right here, verse 12, not with the blood of goats and calves. But with His own blood, with His own blood, glory to God, what does His blood do? It remits, it it removes. He just said that a moment ago. We just read that. It remits, it removes, it dismisses sin completely. Notice, with His own blood, He entered the most holy place once for all. See, those priests had to go in there year by year, year by year, year by year, and offer the blood of of the animals, you see. But Jesus... With his own blood entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal what? Eternal redemption. Now that word redemption is akin to remission. They're they're, they're, like, they're like basically the same meaning. And he obtained eternal redemption. That's shouting ground right there. Eternal redemption. Now notice verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and goats... And the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Glory to God forevermore. Now that's shouting ground. Because, you see, the blood of the bulls and the goats, I'm going to say it again, I'm going to repeat it, and repeat it, and repeat it, because I want you to get it. The blood of the bulls and the goats just covered sin, but the blood of Jesus, see, the blood of the bulls and the goats atoned for sin, covered sin. The blood of Jesus does far much more than atone for sin. The blood of Jesus remits sin, removes it completely, It just erases it as though it never happened in the first place. Glory to God. I'll go back to the example you see of my, of my bathroom there. See, right now, the, the that, you see that, the, my bathroom's been atoned right now. See, there's still spots there. But they've been painted over, right? But you see, if Jesus had come in and done the job, He, he wouldn't have just come in there and painted the bathroom. He'd have come in and ripped out all the drywall, you know, and put in brand spanking new. Glory to God. And there wouldn't be any spots there at all. See, can you say amen? glory to God. That's exciting. Because the blood of Jesus makes it as though sin never even happened in the first place. Removes all consciousness of sin. See, if you get a revelation of this message today, you'll you'll, you'll see that when, when you're washed in the blood of Jesus, it's as though sin never even happened in the first place. That's a good deal. Do you know most Christians that I've met and i've dealt with this myself even after you receive jesus believe on him and get washed in the blood his blood it's a spiritual washing now it's not a physical washing you understand that it's a spiritual washing and uh, but even after people get saved and they you know sinners get saved and become christians they still go around with a sin consciousness They still go around all beat down, you know, and the devil beats over the head, reminding you all those things of all those things you did before you got saved and just beat you down and just remind you of all the things that you did prior to getting saved. But if you have a revelation of, of, of what the blood of Jesus has done for you, praise God forevermore, and and you receive him, the blood of Jesus washes the sin completely away as though it never happened in the first place and it removes if you really understand it if something never even happened in the mind of God in the first place why do you need to go around feeling guilty about something that in his mind never even happened in the first place oh this will set you free this will set you free I tell you what, the blood of Jesus will make a prostitute pure in a moment's time. It'll make a harlot holy in a moment's time. It'll take the worst sinner, the worst drunk, the worst drug addict, the worst pornographer, the worst that there is. And in a moment's time, change them and make them holy and make them a saint. Can you say amen? In a moment's time. You need to understand that the blood of Jesus is so powerful that when someone receives Jesus, that person instantly becomes a saint of God. I said a saint of God. Somebody said one time, well, no, no, no. Don't you have to die before you become a saint? No, you better become a saint before you die. Yeah, but don't you have to, have to, have to, have to, you know, uh, uh, be dead for a certain amount of time and have performed so many miracles, etc. and so forth, before you're considered a saint. No, no, that's the religious traditions of men. Read the Bible and you'll find out the moment you receive Jesus, the blood of Jesus washes you, sins are removed and instantly you become a saint of God. Can you say amen? amen. And it's as though sin never even happened in the first place. Glory to God. Remission, what a wonderful, wonderful word. And the blood of Jesus will not, I mean, it will cleanse your conscience and you can go around without any consciousness of sins. Praise God for, I just get excited about that. If you can't get excited about it, then that means you don't really understand it. Or if you can't get excited about it, it means you never really experienced it. So I, so I was headed to hell. I don't know about you, but I was headed to hell. Well, I do know about you. Everybody's headed to hell. Because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But thanks be to God, Jesus went to the cross, shed his blood, died for us, was buried on the third day, risen from the dead, went into the heavenly holy of holies, presented his blood on the heavenly mercy seat. It was accepted by the heavenly father. Glory to God. He sat down at the right hand of God and everybody that repents of their sins and believes on him instantly becomes a saint of God, becomes a Christian. Their sins are removed. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, never to be rem- remembered again. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. It's a complete message of victory. Praise God. I get excited about it. Go to Acts 2.38. Peter is preaching to the Jews here. And he says it to them, he says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the what? Remission of sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you'll study, if you just read that, if you just read that verse, just read it real quick and don't do any studying. You'll, you'll conclude there that you have to be water baptized to be saved. That's not at all what that verse is saying. Actually, what you have to do, hold your place in Acts 238 and go over to Acts 10 verse 43. Here Peter is preaching to the Gentiles. Remember what Jesus said a while ago that his blood was available to all nations, is that right? And so his blood's available to the Jews and the Gentiles. Or Gentile just means non-Jew. And so his blood his blood's available to everybody. Look at Acts 10:43. Peter is preaching again here at Cornelius's house. He was a Gentile. And he says to him talking about Jesus, all the prophets witness that through his name whoever believes in him will receive what? Remission of sins. So you have to look at Acts 238 and put it together with Acts 1043. And when you do, this is what you get. In order to receive remission of sins, what does remit mean? It means to remove. It means to dismiss. Is that right? To receive remission of sins, what one must do, if you put Acts 2.38 together with Acts 10.43, what a sinner must simply do is repent of their sins. What does the word repent mean? just means to have a change of heart, change of mind. And then believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And instantly, when you do that, at that moment, you receive the remission of sins. Upon repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, instantly you receive remission of sins. And then, as a result of that, you need to go and get water baptized. Now, the water won't wash away sins. I said water won't wash away sins. A lot of people put their trust and their faith in the water. A lot of people put more faith in the waters of baptism than they do in the blood of Jesus. Water can't wash away sins. No more than the blood of the bulls and the goats can wash away sins. You see... Only the blood of Jesus washes away sins. And so when a sinner repents and believes on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, then they receive remission of sins. And then as a result, Jesus said that, you know, folks need to go out and be water baptized. Be sure that you've received remission of sins before you get water baptized. Because otherwise you just have a wet sinner on your hands. Is that right? You'd be shocked. You'd be amazed at... The kinds of things people are trusting in for salvation. Did you know you can't be good enough in and of yourself to receive salvation and to be saved? Did you know that? Did you know that there's no on your best day and my best day put together? You know where that puts us right in the middle of hell. Did you hear me? No, it's not. The Bible says it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us. It's it all it all has to do with what G our salvation has to do only with with what Jesus did on Calvary. You need to understand that through his death, burial and resurrection. So to receive remission of sins, what must you do? Well, according to what Peter said here, you need to repent. Real loud, say repent. And then secondly, you need to believe on the name. Say believe. You believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and instantly you receive remission of sins. And then as a result of that, then you go get water baptized. You know all water baptism is, is it's an outward expression of an inward happening. It just lets the world know that you've identified yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. But I tell you, I want to say it again. Don't put your faith in the waters of baptism. Put your faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen? Now, notice, that, notice Colossians 2, verse 13. Colossians 2, verse 13. And you... Now, this is talking about you and me before we received Jesus. So, if, you've, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus, you know, it's talking about, about when you being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh... See, if you've never received Jesus spiritually, you're dead. What does that mean, dead? See, a lot of people think dead means a cessation of existence. No. In the Bible, dead means separated. Separated. I said dead means separated. See, people understand physical death. You know, when when someone dies physically, their spirit's separated from their body. The Bible said that, that the body without the spirit is dead. But there's also a spiritual death. And spiritual death just simply means that you're cut off from the life of God. You're separated from the life of God. See, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Savior. You've never made Him the Lord of your life. You've never repented of your sins and believed on His name. You're, you're dead spiritually. You're separated from God. But you don't have to stay that way. You can change that in a moment of time. Did you hear me? And you... Being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, we could say it this way, and you being dead in your trespasses and sins, he's made alive, he's made you alive together with him. That's talking now about somebody that's received Jesus. The instant you receive Jesus, spiritually you're made alive. Say made alive. You're made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out. Notice this, wiped out. I like that word, wiped out. Realize I'd say wiped out. Having wiped out. This is what the blood of Jesus does. See, the blood of Jesus, again, it doesn't just cover sins. It removes sins. Notice what the blood of Jesus does. It wipes out the handwriting of requirements that was against us and was contrary to us and has taken it out of the way. Glory to God. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, see, he was cut off from the life of God. And because we're all descendants of Adam and Eve, that spiritual death, that that sin nature dwells within all of us and we're cut off from the life of God. But when we repent of our sins and simply receive Jesus and invite him into our hearts in a moment, in in a twinkling of an eye, we're, we're changed on the inside. And that handwriting of ordinances that was against us that sentenced us to a devil's hell in A moment's time It's removed And wiped Say removed And wiped out Oh my God That's good news It's removed And wiped out Glory to God Isn't that wonderful Let's put it this way Let's just say You committed A a heinous crime And and you went And you went Before the, the judge And the jury And they found you guilty And you're sentenced To death And just as you're Headed to the Electric chair Call comes in, and the governor of the state has issued you a pardon. How many of you would be jumping up and down? Oh, yeah, you'd be jumping up and down. Let me tell you what, this is a better deal than that because all of us were sentenced to a devil's hell and uh, Jesus came, glory to God, and he stepped in and he bore the, the penalty of our sin. He bore it for us, he shed his blood, and as a result, that handwriting of ordinance, of requirements is, was, that was against us, that sentenced us to a devil's hell, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, that handwriting of requirements against us are wiped out, they're removed, they're taken out. ...out of the way because he nailed it to his cross. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I mentioned it a while ago, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. Why does it say east from the west? Some people know this, but a lot of people don't. If you go north, eventually you're going to wind up in the south, aren't you? If you go south, eventually you'll wind up in the north. What am I trying to say? North and south meet. But if you start going east, you'll always be going east. You'll never meet west. If you start going west, you'll always be going west. You'll never meet east, you see. And, and 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 that's what the blood of Jesus does. It removes our sins so far away from us, as far as the east is from the west. And the east never meets west, so we'll never meet the punishment for our sins again. Can you say amen? Glory amen. to God. is that wonderful? You see, notice here. Colossians one verse twelve. Just go to verse twelve. It's all I can do to not just go running around the room. Praise God. Just so excited. Because I know what the blood of Jesus has done for me. Watch this. Colossians one verse twelve. Giving thanks to the Father. Now this is this is a result here of, of, of what the blood of Jesus does. Colossians one twelve, giving thanks to the father who has qualified us now who's qualified us the father or did you do it? The father did the father God through what he did, you know, through the work of the Lord Jesus qualifies us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. My goodness and has delivered us from the power of darkness and has conveyed us or translated us is another way to say that into the kingdom Of the son of his love who would be Jesus. So what happens when a sinner repents of their sins and places their faith in Jesus? Immediately that sinner spiritually now is taken out of the kingdom of darkness. And translated into the kingdom of light. Into the kingdom of God's dear son. Isn't that wonderful? That's what the blood of Jesus and only the blood of Jesus can do for you translate you out of the kingdom of darkness and move you over there into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you what, I'd rather be part of God's kingdom than part of the devil's kingdom. But you know what qualifies you for the the kingdom of light? It's it's what God did through Jesus and His blood. Again, His blood doesn't just cover sin. What does His blood do? His blood removes it, eradicates it. It As far as what? The east is from the... Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Have you had enough or are you thirsty for more? Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about. How many's ever seen Home Alone? Now, if you don't know me, you just never know when I'm going to digress and go off the beaten path and try to give you a little something, a little funny. How many's ever seen Home Alone? And how many, remember little Macaulay Culkin, you know, and he's terrorized those bandits. How many remembers that? And he's terrorized him, he's hit him with everything but the kitchen sink. How many remembers that? And all of a sudden he just stops and he says, you guys had enough? Are you thirsty for more? Oh, you guys aren't gonna laugh at anything. So have you, (laughs) so have you had enough or are you thirsty for more? Somebody, I'm just joking. One little kid that had heard a preacher preach a little bit long. I'm just making this one up as I go. Heard a, (laughs) heard a preacher preach a little long and he said that preacher preached on the three greatest words and he said that they were atonement, remission, and forgiveness. But mama, he preached so long, the three greatest words he could ever say is, you are dismissed. I know I'm not going to make it as a late night comic. I know that. But you got to have a little fun as you go. All right. Say atonement. And then what's the next one? Remission. And then what's the third one? Now, we're headed that way. We're almost there. But are you, have you had enough or are you thirsty for more? Okay. 2 Corinthians five 17. Let's go there. And then we'll talk about forgiveness and then we'll close. Watch this. Therefore, if anyone is in... In who? Christ. In Christ. See, there's two places you can be. You can, as you study the Bible, you can either be in Adam or in Christ. What do you mean in Adam? See, we're, we're all descendants of Adam and Eve. When you're born into this earth, you're automatically in Adam. You're automatically in the kingdom of darkness. Now, don't misunderstand me. Don't misunderstand me. If a little baby dies... Under what I would call the age of accountability, they're protected and they're going to go be with the Lord. Come on, somebody say amen. No question about that. But see, when, when a person grows and they reach what I would call the age of accountability, because that sin nature is on the inside, see, then they sin, and once we sin, then we're cut off from the life of God. But you don't have to stay cut off from the life of God. You can repent of your sins and receive Jesus into your heart, and in an instant of time, what do we just read? God translates you out of the kingdom of darkness, moves you over into the kingdom of light, you see? You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. If you're in Adam, you're in the kingdom of darkness. But don't stay in Adam. Don't Don't stay in Adam. Whatever you do... To get over in Christ. How do you do that? Repent of your sins, receive Jesus. You get you getting that? You getting it? You got that? I don't want anybody here to leave here today where you don't know how to get out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. How do you do it? You do it through repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus. Can you say amen? So watch this here now, this shouting ground here. If anyone is in Christ, If anyone is in Christ, see, this is what the blood of Jesus will do for you. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a what? A new creation. creation. Actually, you get in there and you study that. It means a new species of being. Glory to God. On the inside. A new creation. On the inside. It's called a Christian. That's how you become a Christian. You're not a Christian because you were raised in a Christian home. You're not a Christian because your mom and daddy was a Christian. You're not a Christian because your grandma was a Christian. You're a Christian because you repented of your sins and asked Jesus to come into your heart. That's the only way you can become a Christian. Do you hear me? If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have what? Passed away, behold, all things have become... New. See, the blood of animals can't do that for you. Waters of baptism can't do that for you. Church attendance can't do that. How many of you know you ought to come to church? But but church attendance won't do that for you. You ought to be here every time the door is open. But just doing that in and of itself can't do this for you. You give all the money you have in the bank, and it can't do that for you. The only thing that can cause you to become new is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Notice verse 21 here. For he For he, God the Father, has made him, that's Jesus, who knew no sin. How many of you know Jesus was tempted in all points, like as we are, but how many of you know he never sinned one time? Not one time, not one time. And as a result, his blood was holy, you see, because he never sinned one time when he shed his blood on the cross. It was holy blood. He never had sinned one time. It had to do with the virgin birth and it had to do with the fact that he never sinned. No, not one time For he made him. God, the father made him the son who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become what the righteousness of God in him. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? The very Jesus, the very righteousness of God, the second member of the Trinity, the very Son of God, hung on the cross. And all of our sins and the punishment for our sins was laid upon him and he became sin with our sin so that we sinners could receive him. And instantly become the very righteousness of God. And you see, when you understand this, it will take away all the consciousness of sin and that sin consciousness. And this will beat that sin consciousness right over the head and just stomp it out if you let it. Did you hear me? We as Christians should not be going around like feeling like dirty old dogs. No, we need to go around knowing who we are in Christ. We're in the kingdom of light. We're children of God. We're the very righteousness of God in him. Can you say amen? Amen. So then, that's what the word... I'll set all that to say this. That's the word remission. Maybe the greatest word in the Bible. But that brings us to my conclusion. The third great word is the word forgiveness. Forgiveness. You see, remission makes a sinner a saint and brings them into a relationship with God as a Christian. But what happens if we miss it and sin after we become a Christian? What happens if we miss it and sin after we become a Christian? I wonder if there's anybody in here that's like me, that after you've become a Christian, that you've missed it and sinned. I wonder, is there anybody besides me? Oh, yeah. Now, do you have to sin? No. Do you have to sin a little bit every day? No. But has anybody ever just missed it? I mean, you just, you just missed it besides me after you received Jesus. Anybody ever done that? That brings us to our third great word. Forgiveness. Real loud, say forgiveness. Now, there's many different definitions I could state for forgiveness. But I think we all know what forgiveness means. You see, you needed maybe a little help with understanding the word atonement. And maybe you needed a little help understanding the word remission. But I don't think any of us really need any help understanding the word forgiveness. How many knows what it means to forgive? Yeah, forgive. I read many definitions the other day about it. And certainly it is akin to remission and atonement. But forgiveness, one one thing I read, it means to let it go. To let it go. Sometimes we need to let some things go, don't we? Another definition was to get over it. I like telling people this, that they've hung on to something for so many years, and I just tell them, just build a bridge and get over it. So many people don't want to do that, though. So you don't need any help understanding the word forgiveness. See, if we as Christians sin, listen carefully now. We do not break relationship with God, but rather fellowship. You see, remission brings us into relationship with God. Listen to me. Remission, we just talked about it for about 15 minutes. It brings us into relationship with God. But what happens if we sin after we've been in relationship with God? Well... The best thing I can do is, is, is talk to you about me and my wife. On June the 24th, 1989, <laughs> at two o'clock in the afternoon, her and I got married. Well, it was actually about 2.20 because it started at 2. So about 2.20, she said, I do, and I do, and so on, and and she did, and we did, and all that. And we've been married now for 27 years. And you know, in that 27 years, you're going to find this hard to believe. I know that some of you, it's going to just freak you out. But there's been some times where we've argued... In that 27 years. You're going to find out it's going to shock you. And there's times we've yelled at each other. And there's times Diane threw a grapefruit at me one time. And I ducked. And it hit the wall, you see. Oh, yeah. She threw a cup of ice at me one time. Now, let me ask you a question. When that happened, no, I didn't deserve it. So let me ask you a question now. When that happened, when those things happened, did we lose our marital relationship as far as were we divorced right there? Huh? No. No. So did we did we after you know all that happened did we need to go back to the preacher and get remarried? Huh? No. What needed to happen? Well, very simply, Diane needed to repent <laughs> and ask me to forgive her. <laughs> No, let me be honest. Every time she's thrown a grapefruit at me, I had it coming. <laughs> Believe me. And we've argued over the years some. And just to tell you the straight story on it, we, every time we've argued about 99% of the time, it's been my fault. About 99%. It's all you can do to not say amen to that. But it's, it's the truth. And actually, just to tell you the real truth about it, about four years ago, I, I would come in sometimes and just kind of be in a cantankerous mood and just kind of be hard to live with. Has anybody ever been like that besides me? And the Lord began to deal with my heart that I needed to change. Now, I wasn't abusive, nothing like that, but, but, but sometimes, you know, you, you know, sometimes you can wound with your words as much as you can by hitting somebody. Did you know that? And, and and it, it never it never uh, mean or nothing like that but just sometimes just and the lord dealt with me i needed to change and i did praise God didn't i didn't i am i easier to live with now yeah and uh but see we didn't need to go get remarried again i just needed to repent and then ask her to what forgive you forgive you and did you yeah and you see the 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 fellowship was restored let me ask you about your children have does any how many people have kids in here Have your kids ever uh, misbehaved? No. No. Now, when they did, when they misbehaved, did you stop being their parent? No. But what needed to happen? They needed to realize that what they did was wrong and they come and ask you to. And then you did. Is that right? Right. Well, it's the same thing with God. He's our great Heavenly Father. And so when we sin, well, we don't have to sin. But if and when we do, we don't need to go back through the remission process. We don't need to go back and get born again again. We don't need to go back and get saved again. We don't need to go back and become a child of God. We're already a child of God. Do you understand that? We don't lose our salvation. We don't lose our relationship with Him. What happens when a Christian sins? They break fellowship. And what needs to happen that Christian then needs to what repent and go back to God and confess and ask him to forgive them is that right now in case you don't believe me, go to first John one nine and almost I'm almost finished here, First John one nine notice here if we do what confess our sins, he is what. Faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from some. Did it say did it say some or all all unrighteousness? Is that wonderful? Isn't that a great word for the Christian? See, whereas remission is the greatest word, perhaps without question for the sinner. Forgiveness is the greatest word for the. For the Christian, right? Did I get that right? Remission is the greatest word for the sinner. Forgiveness is the greatest word for the Christian. Because if we'll, when we miss it, see, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, don't be like the one guy that came to me and said, well, you know, Pastor Terry, I like that verse. I'm just going to sin as much as I can every day. And then at night before I go to bed, I'm going to confess it. How many of you know it doesn't work that way? I do want to call your attention. They'll just throw it on the screen. Proverbs 28:13. You need to read Proverbs 28:13. Anytime you read First 1 John 1, 9, you need to read Proverbs 28:13 with it. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever what confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. See, when you miss it as a Christian, you come to the Lord for forgiveness. You can't come playing games with him, just, you know, well, I'm going to just sin all day and then, you know, I'll uh, confess it tonight. Or I, I'm going to just keep keep doing that sin and I'll just confess it before I go to sleep at night. Now, don't play games with the grace of God. Say amen. amen. But having said that, I will tell you this. Now, listen carefully. There's some people that struggle with sins in their life. And if you will with a good and a right heart, you, I've seen people, I've done it myself. I've missed it in an area More times than I can count. I wonder if there's anybody in here that's ever missed it. After you've been saved more times than you can count. And you went with a good and a right heart, and you asked the Lord to forgive you, but then the next couple of days you missed it again, and then you asked the Lord to forgive you with a good and a right heart, but then you had every intention of never doing that thing again. Sometime I'll talk about how to break the power of, of sin, you know, if you're having trouble. Maybe we'll get into that here in the weeks coming up, of how you can overcome things. I think that'd be good to do. But uh, how many would enjoy that? I, 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 because I think we all... Does anybody in here struggle with things besides me, you know? And, and everybody struggles with with different things. Sometimes somewhere but but uh but but what i'm trying to say here is you can miss something in an area 10,000 times and if you go to god he'll forgive you he's a forgiver come on say say amen somebody but i'm just saying don't, just don't play play games with the lord you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying and then turn to mark 11 we'll we'll, we'll stop here the major difference between remission and forgiveness and this is going to help somebody right here as we close. The major difference, perhaps, between remission and forgiveness. One of the major differences. Not the only one. But one of the major differences is this. That only God can remit sin. Whereas we as humans, like God, have the capability to forgive. Look at Mark eleven twenty-five. 25. Jesus said, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone... Forgive him say forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive you. See, if you want the Lord to forgive you, you need to be a forgiver. And if you won't forgive, Jesus is clear. He won't forgive you. While we're on, I'll just say this. I, I, you know, the Lord's given us a healing ministry. We've seen hundreds of people healed here in the last 20 plus years. We haven't got everybody healed, but we've got a lot of them healed. Through the power of God, I, we can't heal anybody. It's the power of God. But you know what? I've seen people over the years, we've laid hands on them umpteen times and hadn't been able to get them healed, but no more than they, they were holding, in some cases, they were holding unforgiveness against folks. And the moment they forgave... The sickness departed their body. Be a forgiver, dear friends. Be a forgiver. Refusing to forgive I just feel strongly there's some people here today. Did you know refusing to forgive is like drinking poison trying to kill the person you're angry with? Unforgiveness will destroy you. Be a forgiver. That's one of the greatest words in the Bible. How many times should I forgive somebody? Jesus said 70 times 7. That's 490 times actually in one day. We always ought to be forgiven. Did you get anything out of this? What are the three great words we talked about today? What was the first one? Atonement. What was the second one? Remission. What was the third one? Stand with me if you would. Bow your heads there before the Lord. If you would, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today, now listen carefully. If you're here today, and you've never had your sins remitted. That means you've never received Jesus. You've never made Him the Lord of your life. I want to invite you to do that today. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do in all your life. It's the smartest thing you'll ever do. So if you're here today and you've never had your sins remitted, you've never repented and placed your faith in the Lord Jesus, when I dismiss this service in just moments from now, I'd like to invite you to come up here to the front and get with one of these nice men and women up here and just say I want to receive Jesus. And I tell you what, they'll pray with you. They'll lead you in a very simple prayer. And in a moment's time, your sins will be removed from you, washed as far as the east is from the west. You'll become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. You'll never, never, never face hell. You'll never face hell. You'll be, you'll be destined for heaven. And then on top of that, God will make your life worth living. He'll give you some purpose. Glory to God. So if you're here today, you need to receive Jesus. If you've never done that, or you're not sure where you stand with God, when we dismiss, while, while different people are talking and milling around, you just come up to the front here and get with one of these nice people, and they'll be happy to pray with you. And if you're here today, And you've already had your sins remitted. You've already received Jesus. But maybe there's been something in your life that you know shouldn't be there. Just right where you stand, right there between you and God. If you'll repent of it in your heart, whatever that thing is. And just ask Him right there, just confess it to Him and and ask Him to forgive you. He'll forgive you. Somebody said, well, pastor, you just don't know what I've done. Well, no, but I know what Jesus did. And his blood is more powerful than your sin. So you just ask him to forgive you. And I tell you what, he'll do it. He'll do it, he'll do it, he'll do it. Actually, he's already done it. All, all he's waiting on is for you to repent and ask for forgiveness. Now, I want to tell you this. If you're holding anything against anybody, just let it go. Just forgive them. Just forgive them. Just forgive them. Praise God. If you're here today and you need any other sort of prayer, you need healing in your body or whatever it may be, maybe you just need somebody to talk to. These men and women are up here. I'll be hanging around after the service. So if you need prayer for anything, just get with one of us and we'll be more than happy to pray with you. Well, Heavenly Father, I trust that these words that we've spoken today will stick with the people, that they'll stick with their, this message will stick with their spirits. And they'll leave here today with a great revelation of how much you love each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, this is a friendly family church. Greet a couple of people and you're dismissed.